everybody. Welcome back to the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Bacasa. Today, we've got on the line Will Cordy. Will, you've been uh, in the fishing industry for quite a while. You started out in college when you were uh, doing some some uh, education around PR and writing, etc. cetera. Uh, spent quite a bit of time, actually, with some local magazines, or I would say coastal magazines, the which is called the Angler Magazine, uh, pretty well commonly known uh, publication. You then went back to school, did some more PR, always kind of stayed in the fishing industry, and it kept your attention, I think, probably because of your passion for fishing and more, maybe more likely your location. You're just surrounded by it. So um, you did some other things, too, some really cool stuff. You have the 727 Angler uh, blog that you run, uh, writing articles all the time uh, with regard to fishing. So if you guys want to check that out, check that out. Um, today's call we're going to talk about where you live in really the value of that area, and that's Tampa Bay. There's quite a bit of diversity of the types and styles of fishing in your location, and I think it does a couple of things. One, it's a great destination. You can go fish for all kinds of different uh, species, types, approaches, etc. But not only that, as an angler, really, um, for you, it, you've mentioned it's prepared you quite a bit for going out and tackling other areas and feeling really confident. So we're going to talk about, about that. And then the last, we're going to talk about uh, a little tip that I really love. Um, and, and that is the expectation of not landing a tarpon. Uh, and what that really means and, you know, some of the tips and techniques that you have from your tarpon experience, which you've said, hey, Christian, I'm not a tarpon expert. But I've got a little of a lot of everything, and tarpon is one of those things around here that's, uh, you know, it's a great thing to go after, and I've learned quite a bit from. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that. So, Will, uh, great to have you on the show. Again, if you guys want to check out his blog at 727Angler, that's a, that's a good one to check out. Um, and let's let's get, get into this, man. Let's talk some fishing. Do it. Let's do it. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Good to have you on the show. So let's talk about uh, the Tampa Bay area. You, you had mentioned, hey, there's a lot of opportunity here. Uh, everything from all the saltwater experience in the Bay, which can be super tricky and a great learning experience uh, to, you know, traveling, uh, whether it's north to, to South Carolina or south down into the islands, et cetera, the Bahamas. And then um, also heading south in just in Florida and doing some peacock fishing, et cetera. So uh, drop into that and let's let's uh, let's get rolling. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay is just insane with what you can get here. I grew up outside of the city proper in a town called Palm Harbor. And now I live in the actual city. I went to school in the city and, you know, you're surrounded by water. If you want redfish all year round, if you want snook almost all year round, uh, black drum. In the summer, we get the gigantic black drum on the bridges. Uh, tarpons pretty much year-round. Offshore, you know, you know, three different kinds of groupers, three or four different types of snappers. Uh, you know, kingfish. Uh, you know, we've got bluefish, big jack crevals. I mean, pretty much you name it, we have it. Um, you know, every type of shark, except maybe, you know, tiger shark, that's pretty rare, but uh, you know, barracudas, pretty much if it swims, um, it's you know, in the bay. Fish, it's <laughs> totally in the bay. And I mean, back in the day, you know, before, you know, a lot of changes happened, you know, uh, you hear the old stories about people catching bonefish and permit even. And 
every now and again, it seems like in the wintertime, you'll see somebody, I actually know somebody who caught an inshore uh, permit and uh, you see people catch bonefish. It's rare, but it's just one of those things that happens and you just shake your head and you're like, I can't believe we have this much diversity here. It's an incredible yeah, fishery. Yeah, yeah. What, um, when, when did you get really involved in the, the fishing locally? Were you a kid and that kind of sparked it for you? Uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing. I used to go as a kid with my family and neither my mother or my father grew up fishing. They're from New York and Michigan respectively, which has, you know, fishing in its own right, but they weren't really into fishing, but it took me as a kid and I would catch pinfish and, you know, it would be, it would be good, but I just didn't have the patience for it. And I started uh, playing ice hockey and, uh, just ran out of time, just kind of stopped fishing until high school where it was sort of like the popular thing to do. And I, a lot of kids fished and I had some friends that fished and I kind of, I fell into it and, you know, I decided, you know, I want to learn this. I remember being yeah. at the Skyway bridge with a Kmart rod and a giant spoon, no leader, big hook of squid. And I caught a Bonita. They thought somebody had a bridge net. I couldn't believe it. It was the biggest fish I ever caught. It was the biggest fish I'd ever seen. And yeah. there at 16, I decided I want to learn how to do this. I want this feeling all the time. <laughs> that's the history. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then you went to school, you started writing about it, doing all kinds of things. And it came out, you were, um, you know, some people would say fortunate, but I bet you put the work in and you got into some good organizations that really led you down that path. So you, you had mentioned the, uh, the angler magazine, Avenue, et cetera. Then you did some things with skinny water culture, uh, et cetera. And it sounds like those really accelerated you, but you took, um, you took that knowledge and it sounds like you started to travel. Talk a little bit about, yeah. you know, some of your trips, like you said, I would go up and target reds a little North. I would go down to the, mm -hmm. uh, Southern, Southern Florida and you give us some, some insight on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's basically every step of the way I would meet someone who was very helpful to me, very nice to me, was willing to lend a hand and answer questions. And, you know, as time goes on and your life goes on and you end up end up going to different places. And one of my very good friends, he was working on a PhD at the University of Florida and he had a polling skiff and I would go up there and visit him at UF and we would drag that thing over to Wakasasa, to Cedar Key, uh, Homosassa, Ozella, all the nature coast towns. We'd go to Stinahatchee to go scalloping. You know, I got another buddy here who's got a polling skiff, and we drag that thing down south to, <laughs> you know, Miami area and the Glades. And, you know, that's one of the great things about Tampa is it's kind of – it's on the coast, and we've got a lot here, but we have – Tampa International Airport right here, so you can get anywhere. Um, and the Homosassa area is about an hour drive. You know, the Naples area, that's about three hours. Miami's four hours. It's it's just a great location. And as you progress through life and you get involved with different opportunities and meet different people, you know, uh, you just, you can get into some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the diversity's high. And, you know, I haven't fished a ton in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. I fished around the, the Miami area and then mm -hmm. south of Miami uh, in the Everglades and in and around that area. But I remember my first trip down there as an adult and fishing in Miami Bay and just mm -hmm. 
I was flabbergasted. I, I didn't think of or imagine that kind of water was in Florida. It, yeah. I mean, I was just like, wait, this is like crystal clear yeah. water. Like you see on TV. Yeah. I thought that was, you know, only Hawaii or like, mm -hmm. you know, some cr crazy adult or whatever, but it's like literally right there in Miami. And it's the fishing is so underrated in Florida, in the States. I think other people from other countries is what they realize the quality there, but, mm -hmm. um, to have that and then on top of it have all that other stuff that you talked about like the other coastal areas where you have these great redfish uh, fisheries or um you know the other species but then you have inland like peacock fishing and and whatnot too so really oh, yeah. cool really cool area you're, you're pretty yeah. fortunate to to be there i i, I want to come back down and do some some trips so yeah yeah and i mean you can drive it you can fish the whole way down you take the tamiami trail down to miami stop at the side of the road, catch peacocks, largemouth, tarpon, and snook all out of the same little canal. And then you'll yeah. see an alligator sitting on the bank. Right. We, that's what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it was awesome. It's and then you have frog legs for lunch. This is great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your, your, you have a passion for some of that Southern stuff, the, the peacock fishing in particular. Let's, let's chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things that I remember when I first saw it, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at, how crazy those fish were. And I remember going down to the Keys. It was maybe my second trip down there, I think. And I went a day early to devote a whole day to trying to find these fish because there's a lot of water down there. Mm -hmm. And what I found is if you're in the right area, meaning... I mean, you can find them in Naples on the on this coast, on my coast. But if once you start hitting Broward and even Palm Beach County now, you can pretty much find them in a pub. And mm -hmm. they just, they're the most hyper-aggressive, mean fish. They hit with absolute steel, you know, and the males mm -hmm. have this big hump on their head and just the colors and how they will literally eat each other. I the fly throws a peacock bass pattern. They will eat each other. They pile on top of each other to try to chase your fly down. And, you know, occasionally they'll eat it, spit it out. But most of the time they're going to choke it down. They'll run. They give you jumps. If you've ever, if you haven't caught one and you've caught a snook, it's more like hooking a snook than hooking a largemouth bass. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that really enchanted me about it is the fact that it's the wild west down there. There's all kinds of crazy fish you can catch in the same bodies of water. And that's something that always appealed to me of the fact that, you know, I could catch peacock in here, but I could also jump a tarpon. And also I could catch something that is just totally off the wall, like a clown knife. Yeah. Or cichlids or gar. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. You just go down the list. Yeah. Oscars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's totally cool. Um, and I, I like how you describe the, the aggressiveness of them. Um, oh, yeah. They will. Like, you'll hook one, and you'll see another one chasing it down, trying to eat it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then your buddies yeah. just throw a fly right there, and they'll right. come eat that. And it'll, get, it'll turn it's, off. It's, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, oh, yeah. really cool. And, and I think the other thing that's really um, – I'd like to hear your perspective on it, but 
when I was there, we did a lot of sight fishing. Yes, like absolutely. You know, if you're going to fly fish for them, that's the best way to do it. Um, you know, you'll see them bedding. You'll see them there on the uh, on the shorelines. You know, if you see a drain pipe, you know, drag it from the drain pipe. That's fine, too. You might not see them, but they can be there. You know, you see these deep, dark canals. You know, that's fine if you want to throw baits or, you know, deep diving plug. You can definitely hook them. Some of those canals are 30 feet deep. I mean, they find cars at the bottom of them, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's seriously, it's one of those things that it's very visual, which is super cool. And, uh, it's sort of one of those things that you'll know pretty quickly if you're in them or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was real interesting. Cause we, we did, we drove that road. Uh, you had said the name of something with a T Tim, Tam Tammy, Amy trail. Yeah. Tammy, Amy trail. And mm -hmm. there's canals all over the yeah. place bodies yep. of water but it was interesting we would pull over our approach was pull over and go scout fish yeah. and if you saw fish it was a fishy area mm -hmm. and if you didn't it was like just drive another 10 minutes yeah. pull over at the next pull out and you would get out and like you said they'd be bedded in you'd look in the rocks you could see them bedded mm -hmm. um or you could see them cruising and then next thing you know it was like all right let's go let's go get them and yeah I was, it was funny for me because I, I showed up, I was really looking for saltwater fishing in, mm -hmm. in Miami. So I had salt flies. I didn't have bass flies. I threw a gotcha all weekend and I crushed it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, those like, cloud minnows, yeah. yeah, those are not smaller than they are. You know, typically you like those obnoxious neon colors, you know, and yellow is a chetrus and, you know, I throw a baby peacock pattern, but Honestly, I've caught them on just pure white clouders. If they're fired up, then they'll just eat something that goes in front of their face. Yeah. Um, Mine was a, a creamsicle gotcha, you know, creamsicle orange. And, and yeah, white, yeah. You know, was like, and they were, they were on top of it. It was really great. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. One of the, mm -hmm. the things that got me really excited while I was down there um, just from a power was uh, snakehead. Mm. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't get over how strong those fish were. Have you have you fished for snakehead yourself uh, down there? Interestingly enough, I've only seen them, and they're everywhere. But I've personally only seen them in the Palm Beach area, and they can be. I've never caught one. I'll be honest with you, because they can be very, very spooky in that mm -hmm. they'll see your shadow coming up the bank or going over the canal and they will dip like that. But from what I've heard, they're just dragons. Like they will just jet. Like it, it's, yeah. it's really something from what I've heard. I mean, almost like, you know, hooking a carp except for the, you know, the size difference, but they, they'll take you for a ride. Yeah. It's a different kind of power from what I experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. The, the thing that I thought was really interest, interesting about them, we'll, we'll jump off this subject, but um, they, the way that I was approaching them, they were spooky, but they were, um, they weren't like actively eating. They were like yeah. territorially nipping at the fly. And yeah, so it, yeah. It was yeah. like a very interesting visual, yeah. like get it right in there. You're almost like threading them 
and then they mm-hmm. nip and you gotta like wham that hook set because yeah. their jaw is so hard but boy when you hook into them I mean, they were yeah. like straightening hooks on me, and I was like, "This is Jeez. absolutely insane." I, I believe it. I mean, some of those guys, I saw one that had to be four feet long, <laughs> so <laughs> insanely massive. Like, I can't believe I'm looking at this thing. This is a snakehead, and they're you like know? all muscle, you know, just like oh, yeah, it's, it's like all tail. It's, it's all tail. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool, cool. Well, you, you do, you know, you got a lot of things down there. We're going to jump back into the peacock thing, but let's, let's, uh, let's talk about how, you know, we, we talked about, you can visualize it, you can see it, you start to go maybe do some sight fish and seeing them. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about some of the patterns you like to, to throw. What are some of the other ways that you like to catch them? Do you, do you ever fish poppers? Do you ever, uh, pull different kind of, um, bugs, et cetera? Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear that. So my big thing is you have to get it down to them. Um, and I typically use a fly that has dumbbell eyes. Mm-hmm. I find that the splash of it hitting the water doesn't really bother them. And if they do dip out, don't worry, they're going to come back pretty soon. Yep. Um, you know, I have a friend who doesn't use dumbbell eyes, but he does some lead wraps around the hook, around the shank of the hook and uses just a, you know, dub fly with you know bait fish imitation um i would imagine uh it would you know those fish would eat a popper um my favorite thing to throw at largemouth is a uh just a frog fly you know with mm-hmm. spun deer hair um i've never thrown top waters for uh peacocks before but i would imagine they would bulldog it but when you can just see them so easily it's too Simple, to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> walk them right. on the head and watch them come up and kill it, you know? Yeah, right, right. I found, too, like um, you said, I fished dumbbell eyes when I was doing mm-hmm. it. And um, heavy leader. There's no leader shyness. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, that's at least for me, my my uh, mm-hmm. expectation. And then mm-hmm. I was I was doing a lot of, like, jig-style uh, stripping. Rod tip okay. high, like a three-inch strip. Wham, wham, making that thing jig, let it sink. Yeah, make it move. Don't yeah. be afraid that they're going to chase it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, very cool. Very cool. Um, what about some of the other smaller species and different things in those waters when you head south? What, what are you doing there? Lion cichlids, for sure. Uh, you know, you'll see those guys. Those are pretty common. Um, we have them all the way up here in ponds too now uh hmm. crazy my dad caught one on a shrimp in tampa bay actually which is crazy hmm. uh but you know you'll catch large mouths uh there's a bass oh it's actually not a bass it's a cichlid i'm sorry but people call them jag bass jaguar bass uh they're common down there there's a cichlid called a midas cichlid it's bright orange it's got a big hump on his head hmm. um you know there's five or six you know tilapia species um you know you you name it you can find it a pond down there yeah i uh i haven't really caught too many of the exotics you know aside from the peacocks you know again i i have a friend who used to live down there and he's caught pretty much everything you can catch uh but that's again that's one of the things i love about it is you never really quite know how it's going to go down and what's going to eat pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. yeah. When you um, started targeting the, the peacock, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you were thinking of, like, uh, in relation to, you know, getting better at that? Were you... <laughs> thinking of you know different targeting techniques were you looking for bigger size what what was going through your head there so what i learned a lot uh, i just learned a lot of what didn't work and i would go down there and i would see these canals there's water everywhere and sometimes i would see them sometimes i would you know get them to follow or whatnot and then they would turn and go head down into just the abyss they would kick their tail and just disappear you know, and so kind of, kind of learning, coming to a, this idea of this isn't working. This is hard. What's going on? How do people catch these things all the time? And I think it's part of fishing in general is you have to put yourself into a good situation where you can win, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm throwing an eight weight with regular line, intermediate line and, you know, a clouser. And I'm casting into a canal that's God knows how deep where I literally can't see anything. I might see them on an edge, very fleeting. And then they disappear off a drop off that could be 30, 40, 50 feet deep, whatever it is. And so just restructuring, kind of changing the idea of how I'm going to target these if I'm using a fly rod. For instance, one of the most well-known places where people target these fish are in uh, Miami airport lakes. I've seen those lakes. Uh, you could probably hide a plane underneath the water there. It's deep. It's dark. It's, you know, it's not, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy using a fly rod unless you see a stack of them sitting on the edge or something like that. So just sort of trial and error learning, you know, where these fish kind of hang out and their habits and what's going to give me the best chance to win. Okay. Yeah, I like it. You really kind of just change the environment versus mm-hmm. your technique per se, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and the environment really led to your technique change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's bounce back to to Tampa. Sounds good. You you got all this local water. You've mm-hmm. been fishing it for a while, but now you're like, oh, I got to explore. So you head down south. You did your peacock mm-hmm. stuff. You did some stuff up north too. You were talking about the, uh, I think it was the redfish fishing and the pickiness, and how it's different than other regions. Can you walk? Yeah, that? yeah. So the redfish in Tampa Bay see lures, flies, and baits 365 days a year, and hats off to the guides that can put fish in the boat. You know, it's hard. It's very hard. I've seen them. I fished for them, and I've gotten a lot of rejections. Um, going up north to Chazawiska, Ozello, you know, Wakasasa, things like that. I mean, we've just piled fish in the boat before. I mean, it's, you know, it's still hard. You know, you, you have to know how to pull. You have to be quiet. You have to know where you can and can't run. So you don't, you know, blow out your lower, lower unit, things like that. But it's, I don't want to say 
it's more honest because I'm not quite sure that's the right word. But if you do things right and you put yourself in a good position, you can have really good days up there with a lot of nice fish. Tampa Bay, you know, you can do everything right and you can have a dude on a jet ski just mess it all up for you. They do everything right and the fish decide that they just don't want to eat because this is the fourth time this day that the school's been hit and it's 10 o'clock. Right, and it's weariness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, they're very difficult. What's the water like in those little northern areas? Is it is the clarity as high? Is it a little darker than some of the it other areas? It depends. Um, just for me, I found it really depends on the wind. Um, it can get pretty chalky at times. Uh, you know, you'll see a lot of muds, you know, from mullet schools, stingrays. Um, generally, it's it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear depending on the day. The only place that I've found where the water's kind of, it can be sort of that, you're not going to have a chance to sight fish, is at times in the glades. It can be very dark, black water, iced tea colored water. Um, but I think weather can kind of dictate that a little bit, depending on the salinity of where you are in the glades kind of impacts that as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you're running into fish uh, in Tampa, I like to hear both sides, Tampa or the northern stuff, is it is it onesie twosies or is it schools more common? Maybe anything. It can be anything. It can be anything. Yeah. I've seen fish just, you know, single tailor before. I've seen a wad of 10 fish. And I've seen two go this way, then one more goes this way, and then there's two snook with one trailing it, and then there's three trailing that. You know, it really, it can vary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's That's one of the things I love about redfish um, in general is, to me, it's one of the species where if you're starting in saltwater you get a lot of exposure and you get a lot of shots it's yes, a great, I agree with that. great entry to saltwater because uh you the opportunities are there mm -hmm. they're picky but they're not always picky sometimes they're mm -hmm. super aggressive right um you get the right. power you get the running and fighting you get the deep water fish you get the shallow tailors i mean it's like you get this really wide variety and bonefish are very much the same but mm. bonefish in my opinion far more picky yeah uh and yeah. far far fewer shots are faster moving yeah. in general uh, yeah all those little things that start to stack up to make them a yeah. little bit harder right yeah. um so i agree with everything you just said i mean <laughs> redfish they're pretty reliable right pretty much year round. They'll eat a lot of different things. They get giant, you know, you can fish them offshore, you know, uh, pretty much in every corner of the state. They're not, they can be hard, but also not impossible, you know, um, good, good first God, first. God was just talking to you with the thunder. To yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, awesome. I completely agree with that. And they, yeah. they fight hard and they're pretty and cool and, I have uh, eaten some in my life and they do taste really good. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, there is nothing like having 20 feet off the boat or less a red coming straight at you. 
mm-hmm. watching the gill flare and the flick of the tail and that chunk. Oh, yeah. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. it is like that wide kind of barreled head. Mm-hmm. Those gills are just like, wham! And then all of a sudden yeah. that thing takes off like a rocket towards your flight. Oh, yeah. You're like, did you not see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, and they're, they're, they're everywhere too. I've caught them in St. Augustine. I've caught them in, in Chaz. I've caught them in Tampa. You know, yeah. I've caught them in the Keys. It's, and, the, and it's always awesome. Yeah. And they're so hardy. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. you, you can pick yes. them up and, handle them and you get the hook out and it's like it doesn't even phase them uh they're tough for sure yeah you'll see them sometimes you'll catch them they'll have big holes in them from birds or or rips in them from who knows what the props or whatever and they're like yeah that's no big deal man i mean they eat crabs and you know a lot of fin fish and you know that's a lot of stuff that can poke you and poke your throat you know and they just they crush them yeah yeah, great, great fish to, to target. So, well, that's really cool, man. The diversity in that area of Tampa uh, is really high. It sounds like it set you up. Um, you talked a little bit too. Uh, tell me how some of that fishing has really set you up for your trout fishing because you spoke to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Last year, I spent some time in Blue Ridge, Georgia. I just booked a flight, took a red eye up there and Got an Airbnb in the middle of the woods, you know, by myself, dirt roads, uh, you know, everything closed down at eight, you know, I was just outside of Blue Ridge proper. I wasn't in the downtown area that stays open a little later, but, um, you know, really out there. And uh, I actually, I got hooked up with this guy I saw on TV on Saltwater Experience TV show. Uh, you know, that show that Tom Roland does. And yeah. I just messaged a guy on Instagram, got it set up. And uh, it was, you know, people when they trout fish, I know there's wild fish, stock fish and different things, but a lot of times people will, you know, catch a trout that's 10 inches long and be, you know, static about that or 12 inches long. I mean, these were 25 inch rainbow trout. I mean, it was preposterous. And I mean, it's a little different with the, the way the current works as far as, you know, you don't want to let them get past you and get in the current and then you're not going to be able to turn them, that sort of, that sort of thing. You've got overhanging trees in certain areas, but just the idea of, you know, you've got to put this fly in this current rip and, you know, mending the line that, that was a little learning curve, but just the idea of you need to put this fly in this area so that it's going to drift over these fish. But once you do that, I mean, you hook one. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's so cool. I mean, those fish fight hard. They're beautiful, and just the vistas that you see when you're up there. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 really cool to hear um, someone come from the saltwater side to mm-hmm. the freshwater side. It's a different um, approach, right? You know, most of yeah. the guys that I talked to, it's the other way. Like they started out trout fishing and then they mm-hmm. went to saltwater and that's uh, really refreshing to hear it come from the other side. It's different, different approach. Yeah, yeah. and I went up there, it was cold. Oh, it was cold. I went up there in December, January, I think. And you know, I'm wearing waders, which believe it or not in Florida here, I do own a pair of waders. I do use them <laughs> occasionally, but oh God, it was cold. But uh it was it was so much fun. I recommend yeah. everybody 
if you haven't done that, you should, you should do that. Yeah. Try and go catch yourself a rainbow or a brown somewhere. Yeah, I agree. It's worth it. Both sides are very fun Um, Mm. and they're different. They're, they got their subtleties. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, you're throwing a five weight. (laughs) You're you're going real light or five weights. Uh, which in Florida, you probably don't carry anything less than an eight weight. I would assume most of the time. I I have an eight weight. I got buddies that throw five and six weights uh, when we do the peacock thing. I right. have a buddy who's four weight, mm-hmm. and he used to take that peacock fishing. Um, you know, anytime you can lighten things up, you know, it makes it fun, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Get that thing bent and you all rainbow flow oh, yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So let's, let's jump into the last part here, uh, okay. and that's – that's your hey. Expect to to drop or lose lose a tarpon. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and what your theory is there? Yeah. Um, so we basically have year round tarpon fishery here, and whether that's in lights, whether that's just knowing where to find them occasionally, and it'll be out in the flats or whatever it is. Um, I mean, you know, they'll go offshore, but we we basically do. We have resident fish, and they're here all year round. And a lot of times you hear people when they tarp and fish, we went one for four, you know, we went three for five, whatever it is. And you're expected to lose more fish than you catch. Okay, fine. Well, let's make sure that at least when you actually get one of these things to eat, because I've definitely gone out there and looked at fish who have just looked at me and just (laughs) laughed at my fly, you know, so you actually get one of these things to eat. Let's make sure that you do your part to make sure you get those numbers up. And this goes back to the early days of Homosassa with Tom Evans and Stu App and all those guys who were going up there chasing the world record tarpon. And, you know, Stu App did this thing, you know, down and dirty. Basically, what it means is this. Don't, don't relish a long fight with one of these fish. It's going to get eaten by a shark. It's going to wear through the leader. It's going to spit your fly. It's going to bend out your hook. It's going to break you off on a bridge piling fly is just going to come unbuttoned um you're going to make a mistake and step on your fly line or something like the right. longer you have this fish on the more that can go wrong so you've gone through this effort you found the fish you've gotten one to eat just put the pedal to the metal you know palm the reel if you have to you know you just you have to fight him and you have to fight him hard you want to whip this guy and get him yeah. to the boat before he finds a way to break you off and people are scared. Oh, I'm going to break them off if I put too much pressure on them. But all of those factors that I just listed, it's a much higher chance. You're going to lose a fish to any of those things than putting the pedal to the metal and getting this guy to the boat as quickly as you can. Yeah. yeah. What, when you talk about putting the pedal to the metal, describe mm-hmm. in detail, some of the things you're doing there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think, you got, you got to be aggressive. You know, they roll and they get their oxygen and that just gives them new life. You know, you got to, you got to turn him. You got to pull the opposite way. Keep his head down. Don't let him get his head out and get that gulp of air. That gives him energy. You know, mm-hmm. you palm the reel if you have to, you know, you hopefully not fishing alone. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, if you have to have your buddy drive up on him a little bit, get your reels in whatever you can. Um, it's, you know, of, of course, you know, it's a little bit of a battle and a dance and they're going to, take some line, but, you know, just go out and go after them. Don't be afraid of them. Don't mm-hmm. worry about losing them. Cause even if you, by chance you do lose them, you do break one off. 
just got to go hook another one anyway, whether you're right. releasing them on your own terms or not. Right, right. And my experience with Tarpon has been whether you land them or not, it's a pit bull on the end of your line, and that is mm-hmm. a whole hell of a lot of fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Even if it's just oh, yeah. a few seconds. I mean, it's just yeah, uh, yeah. It's something you got to experience once in your life. I, oh, yeah. I really firmly believe that. I mean, the first eat I ever had by one, I was, I remember with a buddy of mine, and mm-hmm. our jaws were dropped. We just couldn't yeah, believe yeah. that first initial take and then the throttling in the air and the just. Oh, yeah. It's like absolute, the of the gill plates. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear those gill plates shaking around. That it's a very unique sound. And it doesn't matter how big or how small they are. You know, they do that. And it's just so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, it's just. It's a train wreck for yeah. a few seconds. And yeah, then, yeah. then, like you said, you get into that, oh my gosh. I gotta land this thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, it, it does. Like you're all of a sudden you're you're going downhill because your your mind is just thinking land, 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 land. I love how you said, don't don't worry about it, man. Just mm-hmm. freaking throttle them, put the metal pedal to the metal, and yeah, do the classic things you would bow to them when they jump, yes. turn your rod tip yes. down. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, do all those things, but at the same time, don't be afraid of them and just put the, the, the wood to him, take him behind the woodshed and go to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you let him do whatever you want, he's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not what you want yeah. if you yeah. want to win and get this fish in the boat. They're the silver kings for a reason. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Well, Will, hey, man, great having you on the show. Uh, yeah, thank talking you. talking and fishing. And I'm going to come down there and do some more in, in uh, Florida. That's a great fishery. Uh, it was really cool hearing your experiences and the, the different angle that you brought to the table today. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to get a hold of Will, uh, check him out at 727 Angler. That's his blog. Uh, Will, it was great talking to you, man. We'll uh, see yeah, you guys next fun. week. See you guys Thanks next for week. Thanks for having me. You got it, Take man. care.